Revival Exposure Ministries presents Faith Connection Church's podcast with Hermes Falco Jr. We always bring a message of faith and hope that will encourage your walk with God. Enjoy it. 1 Kings 17 verse 8. And we are talking about taking the limitations off, taking the limits off. How many have some limitations that you, you want out of your life? Amen. But let me, let me share a secret with you. Let me share a secret with you. Sometimes limitations, they, they are in our lives. And they serve a, a purpose for us to remember that the Lord is our source. That you and I need to rely fully and completely on the Lord alone. Sometimes when we have everything figured out, when we have everything in our power, we begin to trust ourselves and begin to trust what we have and what we know. You know, it's under my ability, it's under my control, it's under my knowledge. I have the degree for it. I paid the price for it. Uh, I have the natural knowledge. I have the money. I have the uh, natural resources. When we have everything figured out, then what happens? Our trust comes to be in our own natural reality. And let me share a secret with you before we go into reading the verses. The Lord will never take you to a place of independence from the Holy Spirit. Never. No matter how big you become, how spiritual you are, or how rich you are, you, if you're a Christian, if you're a true believer in Jesus Christ, if you're a child of God, you will never be independent from the Holy Spirit. Period. Yes. And that's a good position to be. There will always be a position of dependency on the Lord. I've seen preachers where they grew their ministry so much and they still have to trust the Lord for the funds to come in for the bigger things the Lord has entrusted them to do. Because, oh, they have a lot. Yes, they do. But then what God gives to do is always bigger than what you have. <laughs> the dreams of God are always bigger than our natural reality. So in that sense, there are some limitations that need to be broken off our minds. So let's go to the word, 1 Kings 17, verse 8. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, Go to Zarephath. Oh, I forgot. How, how do you spell that? How do you? Zarephath. Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as he was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a cup of sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat and die. Now look at this. This is a, not only a limitation, this is a terrible situation where there was a drought in the land because Elijah the prophet, he declared, you know, there'll be no rain except at my word. Now can you imagine this, the level of authority? 
Never be no rain in this land except when I say so. He was not even saying whenever God says so. He said whenever I say so because he was a prophet of the Lord. He was speaking under authority. So the Bible says he went to this widow and then the Lord told him that she was going to provide for him. And so, but the lady said, he said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And said, you know what, Elijah, I'm sorry. I have no bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. Said, I'm gathering these sticks that I may go and prepare for myself and my son and we shall die. In other words, in the natural, we are done. There's nothing we can do. And there's something about when you and I come to a place where we have done everything we can in the natural where we have tried every possible situation in the natural. It's a perfect place to be because when you have faith, that's the, that's the place where you make room for the Holy Spirit to come in and do His part. How many have ever been in a place where you have tried everything in the natural and you say, there's nothing else I can possibly imagine to do in this situation? I have tried this, I have tried counseling, I have tried uh, psychology, I have tried uh, economics, I have tried uh, pastoral counseling, I have tried this and have tried that, and I have done everything I can do, and there's nothing I can do anymore. You're a candidate for a miracle. <laughs> That's what you are. When, when you come to a place when there's nothing else you can do, you are a candidate for a miracle. Because you got to have faith that God will step in. And every time God steps in, things change. Whenever there's lack, then there's abundance. Whenever there's a, a, a lack of peace, then there's shalom that comes in the scene. When, when there's uh, confusion, there's peace. Where there's sickness, there's healing. Where there's despair, there's total confidence. And so God comes in and he changes the situation around. And Elijah, verse 13 says, Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. Now, that's something. The lady said, <laughs> She's in a terrible situation. We're going to make some food and we're going to die. Okay. Elijah said, go make, me for, for, make it for me first. That sounds so selfish. The prophet is being selfish. No. You know what that really means? Elijah was representing God in that scenario. He was, he was, he was representing God himself because he was speaking on behalf of God and he was speaking on authority. So when he said, make me a cake first, he, he was reminding her, put God first. Do you, how many want God to step into your situation? Come on, somebody. If you don't want, I want him to be all over me, all over my situation, all over, my, all over everything I do. But a remembrance for us, put God first into everything of your life then you'll see he'll step into your situation the problem with people sometimes is that they want God to intervene but they want God to be the last in their equation in the last thing in their imagination or their, or or what they do God is always last everything else comes first even their dogs and cats come first before God I love animals, by the way. <laughs> Amen. 
Nothing against animals, but they don't come first. You know, God is always first. I mean, people sometimes put their children first. They put their lifestyle first. They put their career first. Uh, wives, husbands, fa I mean, family is amazing. You should cherish that on the top of the list for sure. But God should always be first, number one. There's no other position he accepts except number one. He is not comfortable, he's not acceptable of number two or number three. The Bible says he's a jealous God. He wants to be number one. So when Elijah said, make me a cake first, he was not, listen to me, he was not being selfish. He was reminding her, hey, listen, do you want to be blessed? Do you want God to step into your situation? Remember, he's number one. And so he said, and afterward make, some for, afterward, make some for yourself and your son. In other words, God first, and then you and your son. He was putting things into order. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So he went away, and so she went away, and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord which he spoke by Elijah. So Elijah gave her a, a, a word from the Lord and told her to do something. How many want to see God step into your situation? There's some things that we need to do. Number one, put God first, always. I've seen people, they say, you know, I'm in trouble financially. And by the way, I'm not doing a second offering. I'm just speaking about it. Amen. Uh, I'm in trouble financially. It's terrible. It's a terrible situation. Okay. Okay, let's pray about it. But how, how's your giving to the Lord? Oh, I'm not really giving anything because I'm in trouble. No, that's when you should be giving. Because, uh, l let me tell you something. I heard a testimony from a, from a, from a business person. He uh, went bankrupt, completely bankrupt. People took everything he had. Um, he had a wife and a, and a child. And the guy was, he was a millionaire, but he had a lot of, um, a lot of his business was based on that. So, so something went wrong and he lost literally everything he had. And then he said he was on the, on the bottom of his life. And he's like, what do I do now? I'm, I'm big, my wife's about to kill me because I made bad decisions. I, I don't have any money. I'm losing everything I have. What can I do? And, and he prayed and the Lord led him to study biblical economics. Like, what can I do in the Bible that tells me how can I get free from this? What do I do? And then he said the Lord gave him a lot of tips from the book of Proverbs and he began to study about it. And then he began to out of what he had, the little that he had, he began to tithe and give out of what he had. And he went from bankruptcy and he started, you know, moving things around. After some years, now he's a multimillionaire and, and he teaches about it. Everything changed, but he said he, he learned when he was in the bottom to be faithful with the little he had till he went to the top. So he learned Put God first even when you're in the bottom. Put God first even when you say, you know, I got only this little bit of flour and oil in a jar and that's it. Okay. Elijah said, give it to me. 
and then and then have you your children and i promise according to the word of the lord that you shall have abundance and then uh, the oil will not run dry and and the flour shall not be used up and the bible says the bin of flour is not used up and the oil did not run dry according to the word of the lord okay so here we see an example where this lady was in a terrible situation and she had a tremendous limitation sometimes you not only have a limitation you got really tr big trouble it's not just a, a real limitation a, a small limitation you got huge trouble how many have ever faced huge trouble situations where you're like either god steps in or i'm screwed up i'm done by the way if you're listening watching this i encourage you to share this message there are some people watching right now online i, I want to encourage you to share this message uh, that will bless somebody People have been in a situation where either God steps in or you're like, there's nothing else I can do. You're a candidate for a miracle. Sometimes, listen to me, sometimes you and I will suffer the consequences of our own choices. Okay? Sometimes people, they made bad choices and they said, God put me in this situation. No, you did of course God can still help you because he's merciful one of the things I love about God is his mercy sometimes we do things that are wrong but even then if you cry out to God he can have mercy on you and he can shift things around but sometimes you'll come to a situation that you did not plan it, it, it was not really your fault but you'll find yourself in a situation where you have a tremendous limitation you say God what now what can I do now? What can I do next? And like this lady, this lady had no expectation. She's like, I'm going to die. Elijah was there. He's like, no. <laughs> he was speaking as God. God always has the power to shift and change situations that seem to be impossible. Impossible is not in God's vocabulary or nor his dictionary. Amen. Because impossible in English is the word I'm possible. Amen. Impossible. I'm possible. Amen. So God always has the power to shift whatever situation you're facing. Whether it may be physical, whether it may be emotional, whether it may be family related, marriage related, financially related. Every situation, when you come to God, there is hope. Amen. There is hope for you. Oh, I'm in a hopeless situation. No, if you're of Jesus, there's no hopeless situation for him because he is hope himself. When you encounter God, there's always hope. As long as you cry out to him, there is hope for you. But you say, but pastor, I made wrong decisions. I'm suffering the consequences. Even then, there's still hope for you. I've sinned. There's hope in the blood of Jesus. I've messed up. There's hope in the blood of Jesus. I've made wrong decisions. There's hope where you can shift your situation. You can put God first and God will shift things around and turn things around for you. There's hope for you. Just turn to your neighbor and say, there's hope for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This lady was in a situation that she needed God's intervention. And some of you are in a situation where you need God to step in and say, I'm here for you. And I'm telling you today in the name of Jesus, the oil will not run dry in your life. You shall not lack 
in the name of Jesus. Yeah, hallelujah. You shall have more than enough. And the Bible says the oil did not run dry and was flowing freely. Even when there was drought and there's not nothing nobody could eat. The oil was flowing, was pouring, was running because of the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord has the power to shift your situation and the power to produce results, real tangible results in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've seen, our family has seen money multiply when we need it. Amen. How many, if God can make food multiply, he can make money multiply. Hallelujah. I'm serious. He can do it. He can do it. So uh, you, you may say, Pastor, I'm, I'm going through a terrible situation. I'm going through this uh, terrible crisis. I want to tell you there's hope for you. Put God first. Remember, He has to be number one in your life above everything. Put Him first. Be faithful to Him. Trust and have faith that He will step in and He will not let you down. The Bible says, I will never leave you. The Lord says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You got to have that engraved in your spirit, in your soul, in your heart. He'll not leave you nor forsake you. I want to go to another passage. It's in John chapter 6. Verse 1. John chapter 6, verse 1. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you're facing a limitation, you can give your limitation to God and out of your limitation, you'll turn things around for you. That lady, she gave Elijah. And when I mean giving, I'm not just talking about financial or material things. I'm talking about giving him your worry, giving him your affection, giving him your feelings, giving him everything that is on the inside of you, you give to him. Uh, do you have trouble? Do you have, are you emotionally troubled? Give that to the Lord. Are you worried? Give that to the Lord. Are you anxious? Give that to the Lord. Whatever is on your heart, give that to the Lord. John chapter 6 verse 1. Hallelujah. And I want to encourage you to share the broadcast. John chapter 6 verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But these he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Now, look at this. Jesus asks him a question, already knowing what he was going to do. He only wanted to test him. All these people were there. The Bible says, there are about 5,000 men, not counting children and women. So we can imagine there could be a potential of about eight to 10,000 people there all together. And Jesus said, where can we buy bread for them to eat? It's like we have like 10,000 people here, like 8,000 people. Like, oh, what supermarket can we buy 
bread for them to eat right now. It's like, wow, maybe Kroger, maybe Walmart. I don't think so. For 10,000 people, that'd be really hard. To, to, I mean, even, even the idea of just buying for all these people would be like, out of the blue, not planning for it, 10,000 people, let's buy food for them right now. Feel very hard. So, Philip answered him, verse 7, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. So Philip was thinking, okay, maybe they can have a little bit. Each one of them a little bit, but even then we cannot feed them. Hallelujah. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? In other words, he was saying, Jesus, there, there's a young boy here. He's got something. But what is this compared to all of that? Sometimes you look at your natural situation and you got a dream, you got a word from the Lord concerning something and you say, I have this, but what is this compared to that? How many ever been in this situation? What is this that I have compared to that which the Lord has spoken or is a dream that is on my heart? You're like, man, how can I even get there? How can I even think? So, uh, um, Andrew was like, okay, we got something, but the something we have is nothing compared to so many people that are there. Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. Now look at this. Philip said, Lord, maybe we got something, but not even that, that they could have a little bit. And then Jesus said, no, leave it with me. I'll make something happen that not only will they have a little, but they have as much as they want. That's our God. He's not the God of barely making it. He's the God who's more than enough. When, when, when we live on what He wants and we live on His end, not on our ability, He can make it happen that we'll have more than enough to share with others. Amen? And, and, and that principle is, applies to everything in your life, even our spiritual life which is the most important. But look at this. He said, verse 12, So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. How many disciples there were? Twelve disciples. Jesus did something remarkable. He said, okay, I'm going to multiply this food. I give thanks to the Lord. Multiply this food to the point that they'll not just have a little, they'll be full. They have as much as they want. And then I'm going to have some remains and I want you to gather all the remains. And there are 12 baskets, one for each disciple. I believe in one way Jesus was telling them, listen to me right now, I can cause a blessing to come that will be bless everybody and each one of you have a basket full so that you'll remember that I'm faithful, that when I step in, when I multiply, when I come into your situation, there's nothing I cannot do, there's nothing that is too hard for me. I'm going to give you this basket so you always remember, I not only saw the multiplication, I got my own basket of food. Twelve disciples, twelve baskets of food. Hallelujah. 
Each one took a basket. I don't know if Judas is trying to take two baskets, you know, but <laughs> each disciple had at least a basket because there were 12 disciples, 12 baskets of food as a token of remembrance. That's why Jesus wanted them to take. Okay, I want you to remember this miracle because you not only witnessed, but you got the remains and you got the basket so you can always remember that. They were in a situation where they needed to feed about eight to 10,000 people and they did not have the ability to do so. Sometimes you are in a situation where in the natural, you got no ability to do so. You got no money. You got, you still have something, but it's not enough to accomplish what God has called you to do. You're in a good place for a miracle. If you live dependent upon your natural reality, you always live on unbelief because God always calls us to do something that is greater than what we have in the natural. Come on, it's really quiet here in this Baptist church today. <laughs> I'm just joking. Nothing is the Baptist. I'm just joking. Amen. Hallelujah. God will always call you to do something that is greater than what you can accomplish in the natural. If God did gave you a dream that you could all do it in the natural, He would get no glory from it. Oh, but I can because I did this and I did that and that was me. Okay, great. You get the glory then. But then if you rely on the Lord and trust Him, and you, and you give all the credit to Him, and you, and you put, your, put Him first into everything, and you say, Lord, here of my, my five loaves of bread and my two fish, that's what I have, and I'm putting in your hands, He can multiply. Whatever you give Jesus, He'll multiply. If you say, but I'm not really talented, I'm not really smart, I'm not really um, bold, or I'm not, I'm not um, how can I say, eloquent, I don't know how to really preach or teach or be used by God. I'm not really smart in business. Whatever you do, I'm not really qualified. Or, or maybe uh, I'm not from the right background. I don't have the right uh, degree or whatever the situation may be. God loves to get those that are not to, to, to put them in a position where, where they become so he can get the glory. Look at David. He was a shepherd boy. And then God saw a king in him. Some of you are in a position right now where you are far away from the dream that God has placed in your heart. And say, how can I get there? But God sees you there. But as long as you trust Him, put Him first. Be faithful to Him in all situations. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. And He'll pull you from where you are. And He'll put you where you should be according to His plan. Hallelujah. Some of you are in a situation where you say, I'm so far away where I'm supposed to be. How can I get there? Give him your five loaves of bread and your two fish. Give him your, your little talent that you have and see what happens. Hallelujah. God does not call people based on their natural qualifications. Amen. 
And I'm not despising natural qualifications. I'm not despising education. I'm not despising training. I'm not despising studying and knowledge. I'm not despising these things. But your number one trust and reliance should be in the Lord first and always number one, Jesus. Amen. How many know that if, if it was not for God, you'd not be where you are today? Come on. How many have some testimonies where they say, you know, I saw the Lord touch in my life and that's why I'm here today. I saw that if the Lord had not intervened in my life, I would not be here today, maybe not even alive. Right? So if you, especially if you have experience with the Lord where you saw the hand of the Lord, it's a great place to be because like you remember, well, the Lord was faithful then, He's faithful today and He's always will be faithful. He will not fail His word in your life. If there's a limitation, uh, give your limitation to the Lord and see Him, watch Him multiply. Some of you are, maybe are facing a financial condition where you say, how can I get ahead where, where with what I have and with what I make, I, I don't see it possible within my natural plan to get ahead right now with what I have. But if you give the Lord the five loaves and two fish, watch what He will do. He will cause a blessing to come where you don't even expect it is coming from. He will cause a multiplication to take place. As we saw in Brazil last month, some of you already heard, there was one man in an offering where he got the message, amen? And he felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. He went to his car, got all his cash, and gave him the offering. Now the devil is very tricky because he, 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 he loves to put unbelief in you. And our minds will play games on us. And the next day the devil told him, you're so dumb, you're so stupid. How you're, you're so poor, you get all the, you're so bankrupt, you get all the cash they have and you give the charlatans this. How can you do that? That's what the devil told him. And he's like, I rebuke in the name of Jesus. He's like, two days later, he got one over 100 times more in his bank account than what he had given. Over 100 times more. He gave Jesus the little, and, and it's, he, he didn't give a whole lot, but it's all, it was all he had. But he gave, he gave the Lord his five loaves of bread and the two fish and said, Lord, here is what I have. Will you multiply that? Will you touch that with your anointing and your power? Lord, that's what I have. Will you do something with what I have? Give Jesus something to work with. I, I don't have a, a lot of ability. Give him what you have. Hallelujah. He's not looking for people who are fully qualified and natural. He's looking for willingness. Jesus did not call the disciples based on their natural abilities. Otherwise, they would, they would have not been called. The Bible says some of them were uneducated. They didn't have education, nice education, PhD or master degrees. Nothing like that. They're fishermen. Jesus did not call them because they were qualified. He called them because they were not qualified. <laughs> See, in the world, we always want the best of everything, right? Because it's natural for, for us. 
humans. We, uh, we're always disputing who is the best at something. The best player, the best guitar player, the best drummer, the best car racer, uh, driver, the, the best pilot, the best uh, um, actor, the best actress, the best soccer player. Who is the best? And then there's a whole competition who is the best and you know, human nature loves that. But then God, he thinks differently. He goes like, I'm gonna call this one who is not the best of the best, who is not considered to be, and I'll make him the best because I'll, I'm gonna put my spirit on him, amen? And my spirit will cause him to rise to the top where every, everybody thinks he's not supposed to or he's not qualified to, I'll put him in the top. And then that's why the Bible says the Pharisees were amazed in, at the disciples in the book of Acts. He said, how can these men perform such signs and wonders where they're, they're not qualified, they're not educated like we are, and yet they speak with such boldness that other, if you don't stop them, they'll convince everybody. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord was there to make the difference. What you truly need is the hand of God on your life. If the hand of God is on your finances, I don't care how it looks in the natural, God will make a way where you come to the top. Hallelujah. I don't care how you look in the natural. If the hand of God's favor comes upon your life, He can shift a situation that has been enduring for years and He can turn things around in a second. That's called miracle. <laughs> Live expecting miracles. Now, I'm not saying this as an excuse to not prepare and not do things right in the natural. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, when you do everything right in the natural and you get to a place, okay, I've done everything that I can do, then God can step in. I'm not saying for you to be lazy and don't work and don't do anything, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on God. No, you're not waiting on God, you're, you're just lazy, amen? Praise God, hallelujah. The Bible says that, that, that the hands of the diligent comes to rich and 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 the lazy comes to poverty amen so some some believers will, will take this and they'll say you know I'm just waiting on the Lord no you're not waiting on the Lord you're just lazy amen and 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 God he he, he wants to bless people but he wants people to have an understanding okay I'm doing everything in the natural that I can do but I'm not trusting on that alone that's what the difference is. You do everything in your education. You do everything in your job that you can do. You do everything right. You obey instructions. You do everything correctly. But your trust is like, the hand of the Lord is upon my life. He will promote me. He will put me ahead. He's the one who is in charge of my life. And He will give me the ability to succeed in, in what He has called me to do. Give your limitations to God because God loves those who will give the little they have because He'll turn that, that little into abundance. The lady in 1 Kings, I have a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. Elijah said, no problem, we can work with that. God can work with that. Oh, 
in the New Testament, John chapter 6, oh, but I got a little bit of, a little bit of bread, a little bit of fish. Jesus said, I can work with that. When, when God, who is not limited by the natural reality, he encounters your situation, all he wants is a willingness to give him what you have. Give him what you have. Oh, but I'm not really, you know, I'm a little bit shy. Give him your shyness. I was shy before, very shy. I was super shy. I was so shy that I could not imagine myself speaking in front of anybody. Do you believe that? No? But it's true. I was very shy. I would be even embarrassed to speak in front of um, group of children at school. I couldn't like, it was a terror to have like, oh, there's a presentation coming. <gasps> My goodness, I'm nervous. How can I go ahead and speak? Okay. And God says, I see you a preacher. Amen. You're going to travel the nations. I'm, like, I'm shy. Doesn't matter. Give me, give me your shyness. I can work with that. And I'm not shy anymore. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> he turns your shyness into boldness. When you give him what you have, he'll turn your deficiency, he'll turn your weakness into strength because he'll get the glory from that. Isn't that amazing? He'll get exactly the very thing that you travel about, he'll get that very thing and he'll turn it into strength. He'll turn shyness into boldness. Hallelujah. The Bible says in 1 Samuel that he, he makes those who are on the pit to sit among the princes. Hallelujah. He, he picks people who are, who are low, who are, uh, who are disqualified, who are criticized, who are rejected by society. He makes, he gets the weak things of the world to confound the strong. He gets the things that are not to be on the top of those who think they are. Hallelujah. Exactly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He loves to get you. I'm in the bottom. You're in a great place to be. You're in a great place for a miracle. I'm in the bottom. Praise God for that because God will take you from the bottom and he'll make you sit among the priests in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. But I'm not really qualified. You're in the right place. Give him what you have. I have little talent. Give him your little talent. Give him what you have. Give him. I got five bread and two fish. That's good enough. I can work with that. Just give it to me. Let me multiply. Let me show you how it's done. That's how Jesus works. Now you got you to gotta stop. If you want to break that limitation, if you want God to step in, you got to stop the... the, the Pity party mentality. Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I want somebody to have pity on me. No, stop that. Stop that. Just give Jesus what you have and he'll have compassion on you. But don't say, oh, you know, that's how, how it is, how life it is for me. Give him what you have because Jesus right there, the Bible says he asked a question to Philip, where shall we buy bread? And the Bible says he already knew what he was going to do. Do, do you think that God is right now sitting on the throne, pulling his hair about what he's going to do with your life? My, I'm so worried. I see God himself is like, my God, you know. 
What am I going to do with Linda's life? What am I going to do with, with Melissa? What am I going to, what, how can, no, he already knows. He, he already has a plan. He has a design, but he wants you to be aware of that. And he even asked a question, where shall we buy bread? Philip's like, oh, we don't have that. What we have is not enough. Then it's really amazing how Andrew comes with five loaves and two fish. He's like, that's what we have, Jesus. Can you work with that? He just said, give it to me. I can do it. Maybe you say, what I have, whether it be spiritual, emotional, natural, financial, whatever it is. You say, what, what I have is not enough to, to get where I should be. Jesus said, I can work with that exactly as it is. Just give it to me now and you shall see my faithfulness. You shall see my hand. You shall see my blessing. You shall see my hand of approval. You shall see my hand of favor coming upon your life. And I will put you in a place where, you, where your natural mind cannot even fathom. Hallelujah where you get there and you look back and see this is the hand of God in my life I give him all the praise I am where I am because he is the one who put me there hallelujah some of you are in a situation where say if pastor if God does not come in I'm in trouble but I'm, I got good news for you God is already there. He doesn't have to come in. He just needs to manifest himself there because he's already there with you. I will be with you always to the end of the age. He's with you right now. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fiery furnace. Guess what? There was a fourth man in the fiery furnace with them already there. And said, oh, it's hot here, but I'm here to make it cool. I'm here to cause the impossible to take place. You're in the fire, but the fire will not burn you. You'll walk through the waters, but you'll not drown. You'll walk in the fire, it will not burn you. Because I'm with you in the fire. Hallelujah. Some of you are going through a fire, fire of testing. And you say, my goodness, I'm in the fire. Jesus said, don't worry. I'm in the fire with you. You shall come out of that. And, and nothing will harm you. Nothing will burn you. Because I'm there with you. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can somebody say hallelujah? Yeah. Hallelujah. Whoo. There was an echo. Amen. <laughs> How many ever been in that situation, like, like, like the lady? Maybe not with natural food, but with something that happened in your life. It's like, my goodness, that's what I have. And God's saying, just give it to me, give it to me right now, give it to me. Give me your fears. Give me your fear, give me your anxiety. I'm telling you, Jesus is way better than any medicine you can take for anxiety. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not telling anybody to stop taking medication because I never do that. It's people's faith that will do that. Every time that people have stopped medication, it was their choice doing it. And they praise God for that. But I never say, you don't do it because it's not my faith. It is their faith. And so I cannot respond for your faith. I can, I can impart faith to you through the preaching of the word. But I'm telling you what, Jesus is better than any 
anxiety medicine you have. He's better than any depression. He's got the oil of joy, oil of gladness. Hallelujah. And so give him your situation. If you find yourself in a situation where you say, I need the intervention of the Holy Spirit, you are a candidate for a miracle. Because when that very thing happens, you'll not come out and say, it was my hand that did that because I was smart and I was wise. No, you're gonna say, it was God all the way along. God wants to get the glory from your life. He wants to get the glory from um, your situation. It's like uh, the blind man, those blind from birth, the disciples asked, who sinned, Lord? Was it this guy that sinned? Was it their parents? Jesus said, neither him nor the parents. It's like that so that the glory of God may be manifest in his life and the glory of God in that case was that he was healed and then he could get the glory only to God alone sometimes you're facing that situation and all you need to do is number one put God first this is very crucial and very important people like to have a sugar-coated gospel gospel where they can live as they want where they can do whatever they want where they can just just think do and behave at whatever as they want to do and then they think that God has an obligation to bless them anyhow. It doesn't work like that. That's not in the Bible. Amen. God is a merciful and loving God, but it is not in the Word of God that you can live as what, do whatever you want and that you'll be blessed anyway. It doesn't work like that. You need to learn to put God first. You need to learn to honor God. You need to learn to honor God not only with your lips, but with your life, with your words, with your family. What is it good to praise God in the church and live like the devil at home? Oh, I praise you, Lord. I worship you. And I live like a demon at home. What is it good to sing praises to the Lord but curse out of your mouth during the week? How, how good is that? We need to learn to honor God with our lips, with our hearts, with our thoughts, with our giving, with everything we have through the help of the Holy Spirit. And I tell you what, He'll turn that very situation that you're facing and He'll turn into a testimony. Your test will become a testimony. There's no testimony without a test. Some people, I want to have a testimony, but I don't want to be tested. You will be tested. If Abraham was tested, why do you think you're any better than Abraham? <laughs> That's how it works. You get tested in life. Your faith will be tested. But guess what? Once your faith is tested and proven, that's a good thing. Because the Bible says that God, He entrusts you with more. When you're faithful in the little, I will put you over much. This the Bible says, you, if you're faithful in what you have, watch and see that God will promote you and God will put you above and beyond your situation. I want to declare over you in Jesus' name, I want to prophesy over you the hand of the Lord coming upon your life, the hand of God's favor coming upon your situation, where you say, it's not possible. God says, just give it to me what you have right now and watch what I will do. Just watch. Hallelujah. Let's close your eyes for a moment.
Those who are watching online, in Jesus' name, I want to tell you today, in Jesus' name, you're, 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 you're believing God for something great. You're believing God for a breakthrough. You're believing God for, um, hallelujah, for a solution. You're believing God for an answer. And God is telling you, put me first. Give to me what you have and watch what I will do in your life. Watch my miracle. Watch my hand coming upon your life. Watch my favor coming upon you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands to heaven right now in Jesus' name in this atmosphere. Some of you are believing God for something great. Some, and it's good to believe for something great. Something that is greater than what you can do. I, I like to have big dreams. We're called to have big dreams because when we have big dreams, these are God dreams. God told Abraham, I will make you the father of many nations. The nation shall be blessed through your seed. He was telling Abraham something that was greater than Abraham's imagination. God loves to give you a dream that is greater than your imagination. That is greater than what your natural man can do, what your natural, man can natural mind can comprehend. God wants to put a dream in your heart that is greater than what you can do in the natural that is our God the God who is more than enough the God who multiplied bread and fish and left 12 baskets as leftovers he is not cheap he is not stingy he is not holding himself back from you the Bible says his eyes are, are, are on the righteous and his ears are inclined to their prayers dare to pray dare to ask dare to give him your best dare to give him the first of everything dare to give him what you have and watch what you will do hallelujah Whoo! hallelujah thank you jesus hallelujah some are, are, are struggling financially some are struggling in their financial life and they say god how can i get ahead don't stop being faithful oh i have i have just a little give out of what you have and watch what god will do Five loaves of bread and two fish were not enough to feed a multitude of almost 10,000 people. It was not enough. But Philip or Andrew said, Lord, that's what we have. It's amazing that he had that thought of showing, even showing Jesus that. Jesus said, I can work with that little bit that you have. I know how to multiply. I know how to cause you to get ahead. I know how to put you on the top where others think that you can never be. I, I, I'm, I'm making something to confound the minds of people in your life. I'm making something that will confound your enemies. I'm making something that will confuse those who are against you. I'm making something that will confuse the minds of people who always thought that you'd be less, who always thought that you'd be down, who always uh, dreamed and even prayed against you. I'm causing a blessing to come upon you where I will make you rise above your circumstances. I'm going to make you rise above your situation and I'm going to show myself real in your life so that people will see you and they'll see my image in you come on somebody hallelujah thank you Jesus 
stench your feet right now in Jesus. Those who are watching online, I want to declare of you in Jesus' name that God is coming into your situation, that God is coming into your, uh, into your condition. Some of you are struggling with sickness. Some of you are struggling with financial difficulties. Some of you are struggling with uh, marriage problems. Some of you are struggling with ideas that have come upon your mind, lies from the enemy where there's confusion. I want to prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ that God is turning confusion into peace. That God is turning hopelessness into hope. That God is turning whatever is against you is going to come upon you as a favor. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to heaven right now and begin to pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Those who are watching online, I want to pray for you as well. I'm going to pray for you in a moment. Holy Spirit, we worship you right now. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you that you're a God of multiplication. You're a God of provision. You're a God of miracles. I thank you, Father, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You did for Elijah with the widow. You can do it here right now at Faith Connection Church. You can do it right now uh, with the families that are here. You can do it right now with those who are watching online, even in other countries. Father, you can do it in Jesus' name. I thank you for the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. I thank you for destroying the lines of the enemy. I thank you for breaking every limitation that says you cannot you cannot do it you won't do it you shouldn't do it i break in the name of jesus every negative arrow from the enemy saying that you cannot go ahead that you cannot move on that you cannot move on with your life every blockage that comes from the enemy every spirit of unbelief we break it in jesus name and we declare in the name of jesus christ be broken in jesus name we release the spirit of faith upon your children in jesus name hallelujah Oh, Jesus, we thank you right now. Hallelujah, Lord. God, we give you the glory. We give, come on, begin to give him the glory. Begin to give him what you have. You say, Lord, I only have this. Give him what you have. Oh, Lord, I only have this in the natural. Give him that very thing. He'll turn that very thing into a strength. He'll turn that very weakness as, as, as a strength in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you in Jesus' name. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for... Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for blessing every child of God in this place right now. Father, just pray for those who are watching online. Just begin to pray with me for those who are watching online right now. Those who are watching via... Facebook right now. I declare the blessing of the Lord that makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. Father, I thank you for the touch of heaven. Father, I thank you for the, the spirit of the Lord that is coming upon them at this hour, causing them to see greater things. Lord, I declare and prophesy in your life in Jesus' name that you shall rise above your circumstance, that you shall give God the glory. I see someone that is watching me right now. Hallelujah. You're facing a, a terrible financial crisis in your life. And God God has seen your situation. He has seen where you've been suffering, where there's been lack of sleep even in your life. And, I, and I'm declaring today in the name of Jesus, as you trust the Lord, as you give him everything in your heart, God's going to come into that very situation you're facing and he'll shape things around. And, and I even see that you're laughing about it. You're laughing on the inside and say, Lord, how is it possible? How is it possible? And the Lord says, it's possible because I'm stepping into 
your situation and I'm causing you to get ahead. I'm causing you to get ahead where you think it's not possible. I'm causing, I'm causing uh, uh, sources to come for, uh, to you that you don't even imagine. And I'm going to cause that very trouble you're facing. You're going to come out of it as a testimony of my glory in Jesus' name. Receive it in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you right now for touching our people online, for, for breaking every stronghold on their minds in Jesus' name. And I release, Father, the word of the Lord for this hour upon their lives. I release the spirit of faith. They shall not fear. They shall not be with unbelief in their hearts, but they shall rise in faith in Jesus' name. I thank you for touching them. I thank you for, for miracles right now. I thank you for releasing your healing power uh, even on the computer right now, in Jesus, on the phones, in Jesus' name. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit being released right now and break off every limitation, break off every disease, break off every spirit of oppression, break off every stronghold of confusion on their minds in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just listen to me right now. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to share with your friends. The Ministry of World Evangelism in the Nations and Building of the Local Church is made possible by generous contributions of friends and partners. We highly encourage you to give a love offering or partner with us monthly at www.revivalexplosion.com. Please send us your prayer request to office at revivalexplosion.com. Stay tuned for upcoming podcasts. God bless you.